On episode 208 of the Goblin Trash Masters, we talk all about in-game communication and how to play against fewer scummy opponents. Like by not interrupting people while they're talking? Not exactly, but that is a good thing. Okay, Command, Shatter Shock. Good enough. Thanks, Anthony. Let's talk some trash. Hello, people that listen to us talk about Magic the Gathering things and whatnot. Basically, just the whatnot part. And maybe we can give you some advice on Magic the Gathering. (laughs) Welcome to all of all races and creeds and viewpoints on yiffing. Oh, man. Well, it's just the 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 two dudes today. The the third trash master caught the plague, unfortunately. So again, like it's like the third time. Like, I didn't even know. Yeah, this is the third time. That's if, if she if she caught her bobble triggers as often as she caught COVID, <laughs> then she'd be the best Merktide player in the world. Oh, that's uh, that's like the worst, like the worst thing anyone's ever said. I agree. Yeah, yeah, it's just the worst. Oh man. Well, before you start saying crazy nonsense, today we're talking about in-game communication. People pay more attention when they're feeling surprised. So, for communicating with your opponent, I genuinely believe that having judged a lot of events, played in a ton of events, mm-hmm. done a lot of stuff around magic over the past three years. I can tell you without a doubt that the vast majority, I'd even go so far as to say like 90% of good faith mistakes that happen in a game of magic happen because of communication errors. It's just mm-hmm. the most common. It's just the most common reason for a judge call that happens is because somebody thinks one thing somebody thinks the other a different thing and that dissonance is allowed to exist long enough that it impacts the board so we have two topics related to in-game communication today the first one is just the basic expectations this Mm -hmm. is the standard to which um you should be this is the minimum to which you should be holding yourself as a as a as a grinder as a player these are the things that you should be doing we got five things Viv. We've got five things that we want you to do. Uh, we're going to go over them individually, but we're going to do top down real quick. We're just going to go through them real quick. We are going to talk about the five things that we think you should be doing. Your basic expectation, communicating with an opponent in a comp REL magic setting. And those five are your opponent should know what step or phase you're in. Number two, your opponent knows what cards you're playing or game actions you're taking. Three, you're being forthright and accurate in your descriptions of public information. Four, you should not be moving cards around without saying things out loud and telling your opponent what you're doing. And five, when in doubt, err on the side of clarity. Be overly demonstrative rather than, you know, not enough. Mm -hmm. I know that we've all seen it happen um, when you see two, like, FNM end boss types two really good players you know a lot playing mm-hmm. games against each other just like really quick just jamming games back and forth and you'll see them do a bunch of stuff without saying a damn word it happens all the time mm-hmm. i remember we had a newish player that was learning how to play was trying to learn how to play um Jeskai black in that standard oh nice and um he was just like, hey, I want to watch you and so-and-so play a Jeskai Black Mirror. And we're like, okay, sure. And we weren't even yeah. thinking about it. We were just 
jamming games. We just wanted to get a good sample size of what was going on. Um, uh, like we were testing out some sideboard changes and he's watching us play. And I'm like putting a dig through time on the stack, starting to resolve it while my opponent's resolving the delve for me silently. Um, <laughs> like my opponent's choosing which cards I you should be delving for me. Um, and I'm like resolving the, the thing, shuffling, putting stuff on the bottom. Um, I point like, I point like two removal spells at something and my opponent puts the first counter spell that they obviously have in their graveyard, you know, mm -hmm. stuff like that was a terrible example for that person to be watching. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a, I think that's a great example too, because it's just, it shows you like two really, really good magic players who know the matchup, who know the format, just taking game actions. And yes, the two people who are playing in this situation know exactly what's happening, but a newer player is just like, all right, I just see two people I know who are good at magic moving rectangles around. Just silently moving rectangles around, going mm -hmm. really, really quick. Yeah. And that's because our goal in that moment was not, we were not fine-tuning game decisions or any of that. We were literally just trying to plow through as many post-board games as humanly possible so we could get a feel for if this is a card that is doing what we think it's doing in the post-board matchup. Our goal was not to effectively convey information to one another because we both <laughs> had the same information. We were hive-minding yeah. the fuck out of those yeah, games yeah. because we had really done a lot of working on that deck together. So that was not what our focus was. Now, if you are playing in an event, you want to be clear, demonstrative. You want to be talked and understand mm -hmm. that even if the two of us were playing. We played a lot of Jeskai Black Mirrors in events that mattered in that standard season. And when we were playing, we were talking and explaining our game, saying our game actions out loud and doing stuff like that. You know, mm -hmm. when we were just practicing to learn techniques, we were communicating and saying things out loud, even in games that didn't matter, just like practice games while we were meeting up and just jamming. Understand that you will do what you have practiced. Yes. You, you yeah. get into a rhythm. Mm -hmm. If you practice it, you will do it. So if you're practicing silently and just doing what Anthony was talking about, you in an RCQ or just any uh, like IRL event, you're going to be quiet and not over explain anything and, and just say your game actions. Like mm -hmm. it's it's kind of like the the practice what you preach in a sense, but, you know, yeah. play play how you practice. Yeah, because it's like that you are what you eat kind of mentality, right? you are going to do what you have practiced, what you are doing in games that don't matter. Those are the things you're going to do in games that do matter. So part of practicing for an event and just playing some games with somebody, you know, we talk about it all the time. Do not just play a million pre-boarded games. Yeah. Like that's so stupid. Mm -hmm. But um, also you're not just practicing, understanding things in your mind. You're practicing communicating your game actions to your opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's good because I personally believe that when you are practicing communicating your game actions to your opponent, you are also getting better at the game actions themselves faster. A hundred percent agree. Because you're forcing yourself to put them into language. They become real in a sense, you know? Yeah. They become a reality. You, you, it's not just like, oh yeah, I do this. This is how it happens. It's like, no, you talking through it. It helps your opponent, but it helps you as well. I think that's the biggest thing to take from, mm -hmm. from what we talk about with in-game communication. It's not just for your opponent. It's for both of you, pretty much. Yeah, it really is. Um, so in general, let's start on in with that first point is mm -hmm. bare bones. 
basic starting point. If this is not understood by both players, you are going to need a judge to fix it. Yeah. Your opponent knows what step or phase you're in and vice versa. And this might seem like, well, duh, of course we should know, but you'd be surprised if both you and your opponent are not communicating what step or phase you're in. It, it gets lost in the sauce real hard. And then, like Anthony said, a judge oh, comes over and it's time. and it just gets fucked. It's so easy to say, go to my first main, go to combat, mm -hmm. declare blockers, second main. Just you saying it, your opponent might be like, hey, why are you saying this? Like, it's it's for both of us. It's so when we know where, where mm -hmm. we're at, just in case a giant stack comes around the corner and we just go, wait, was that the first main or second main? I don't remember. It's better if you just say it out loud, voice it. And like we said, it becomes real. Like it's been, it's been mm -hmm. said it wasn't thought about, you know? Yeah. And like, that's a thing that like, if I had like a pull string on my back and you could pull it and like a voice box would just shout out a canned phrase for me, mm -hmm. that canned phrase I genuinely believe would be take the ephemeral thought and put it into concrete language. <laughs> it's your, uh, there's a snake in my boot. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's one of those things where you want to. If you're hearing this and you're worried, like, mm, man, my understanding of a turn of the turn structure is not super formally great, you know? Um, yeah, this is probably going to cause you a lot of shit. Mm -hmm. And you know what? The best way the best way to get past something is to go through it. In the words of my personal hero, Marshawn Lynch, run through a motherfucker face. Oh, preach. Because most people, most problems are not going to be able to take the kind of abuse of you just running through them over and over mm -hmm. and over and over and over and over and over and over and over. This is this is a this is one of his interviews. It's one of my favorite things. <laughs> and then they asked him, sir, do you think you might be running from anything like maybe you're running from something? And he said, run through a motherfucker face. You don't have to look what's behind you. <laughs> Always forward. And man, do I love Marshawn Lynch, dude. Oh, I, I I love him too. Beast mode is the best. Oh man, <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. You don't need to announce every single step, but you probably want to. You probably want to, yeah. <laughs> In certain situations, I don't always do every time, but I always want to if either myself or my opponent is learning the turn structure. Like mm -hmm. if I get, I don't get it at comp REL event. I did this in the top eight of a Star City Open. Where I was just like, I don't think my opponent understands how the turn structure works. All right. Untap. Upkeep. All right. I'm going to move to my draw step. All right. I'm going to go to my Like, I mean, shit. People end up in places they don't belong all the time. Like a turtle on a fence post. Or me <laughs> and a Star City Open top eight. <laughs> Life uh, finds a way. Life <laughs> finds a way. Oh, that's on topic now. I know, because right? Because he's a... Jeff Goldblum's a magic card. Well, he always was since original Innistrad. Yeah, he was always Delver, but now he's he actually a magic card, and it's it's odd. So is Samuel Jackson from that movie. It's it's you know, weird. I, you know, I felt like most the most a uh, good chunk of his career, I really thought his name was Samuel Jackson. Like they just pronounced like the L. Yeah, just like I was like, all right, be extra, like go off. I like okay, sure, I'm with it's like, it. Like all right, cool, I like it. <laughs> go yeah. go for it. Yeah, this sounds great. So if your opponent or you have a loose understanding of the turn structure, be demonstrative about what step or phase you're going into. Or there are things that are happening that can cause the point in the turn to be ambiguous. Like maybe there's a trigger or something that's going to be happening at a certain point in the turn. You just want to be like more demonstrative that you are hitting that point in the turn. Mm -hmm. 
like um i guess uh, some examples would be like wedding announcement and sev trigger or like mistress bobble's delayed trigger or um my boy goblin rabble master's beginning of combat trigger that one the i, I feel like the trickiest of uh the three yeah people um you would think that that <laughs> card would not be as difficult as it was but it it, it it's it's Again, life people, finds a way. <laughs> people, yeah, people find a way to fuck shit up. Everyone finds that's the that's the real moral life. Everyone will find a way to disappoint you eventually. Very true. Yes, not oh, Goblin man. Rabble Master. He would never. No, he would never. He's just a little rabbly boy. Yeah, but I think that this one is like a pretty basic expectation, and that is just make sure your opponent knows what part of the turn you're in. Yeah. You all move through steps and phases together, so if your opponent thinks they are in your draw step and you think you are in your main phase one, there's going to be trouble. Then make it double. I'm sorry, I had to sneak it in. I'm in the process of moving, so I don't have my wine glass that I normally have. So it's a, a water bottle? <laughs> yeah, so I'm just <laughs> drinking water like some kind of fucking peasant. Right. All right. There's water in wine. Jesus didn't turn wine into water. Okay. You know why? Because that would have been a party foul. Come on, Jesus. All right. Number two, Electric Boogaloo. Did you know that Electric Boogaloo as a phrase has been co-opted by the alt-right as a shorthand way of saying that there will be another civil war, but this one will be an explicit race war. So they refer to it as Civil War II Electric Boogaloo, which is why Electric Boogaloo shows up on the Anti-Defamation League's list of hate phrases. Oh my god. Fucking Nazis ruined my favorite episode of my favorite show. What a bunch of cocks. God damn it. Oh, well. Yeah, also they make it so that I have to show my ID when I try and buy a tiki torch at the Home Depot. What a bunch of I'm assholes. not doing anything unsavory. I'm just burning a witch. And how dare you? I do not condone the burning of witches, Anthony. Hey, look, the last time somebody mistakenly burned somebody for being a witch, it was Dracula's wife, and Dracula just went all scorched earth, motherfucker. So don't burn witches. Are we talking about Twilight again? No, we're talking about Castlevania, a good vampire story. <laughs> My favorite part of Castlevania is where Dakota Fanning throws a baby into a fire. What? Nope, that was also Twilight. She's real hype about it, too. She's just smiling and picking up this baby, and then she just tosses it into a fire. Don't don't eat the baby into the fire. That, that's bad. Frowned upon. But step two. Just step two. Nothing just else. Just step two. Nothing else. Kyle, hit us. All right. Your opponent knows what cards you are playing and what game actions you are taking. Yes, that includes your fucking land drops. It does include your land drops. My God. <laughs> it's so fucking easy. Oh, my. I don't understand why so many people don't do this. Like, I just don't let it go. Like, if somebody does something, I was like, what's the card that you just put into, onto the battlefield? What is it? You need to tell know, me. Because the days that I can look across a table and see through some neckbeard's grimy-ass fucking sleeves that this is a temple garden are over because the temple garden could look like a garden and a temple, or it could look like the space race, the space base. The, 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 the space lands. Or it could... It could look like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which I'm being told is one of the non-pornographic animes. I mean, I guess. My God. But seriously, just say you're making land drops because of all and the... Say what, say what it is. Yes. It's not, it's a, it, not only because there's five billion different versions of every fucking land in the world now. I can't parse that from across the table. Yeah. And also, it, it's a simple question that happens in Magic games, too. Have you made a land drop this turn? If when you actually play the land, I say, hey, I would like to play this polluted Delta for turn. Hey, you voiced it. 
everybody knows. And if a question comes up again, it's like, no, I remember you said you made a land drop. You said that it's been verbalized. It's good for everybody. Because again, a judge will get called. It just slows tournaments down and just the game just grinds to a halt and questions get asked and just, just announce your land drops, please. <laughs> for the love of God. But not just land drops. Like you should be in general reading card titles to your opponent while you're playing. Oh, yeah. Again, this adds this has the added benefit for you as the communicator, mm -hmm. uh, getting your game actions into the shape of language rather than just like ephemeral thoughts your opponent should never be surprised to learn that there is a card in play they should never be like when did that come in because you should have been like yep announced it like i was saying we're past the point where you can visually parse a board unfortunate yeah, just just based on what the card looks like because who the fuck knows like it could be anything even a boat yeah and when you play your card, read the card's fucking Christian name. The actual name, not the fucking stupid nicknames we give magic cards. I mean, I think even nicknames are, like, not ideal, but they're less they're bad than the, than the printed names that exist for, like, alternate secret layer versions yeah. of shit. Like, I don't know what you're talking about when you say, I'm going to Kamehameha your fucking Nissa. <laughs> I don't know what that fucking is. What is that? Did you put a curse on me? Yes. <laughs> did you put did you put a did you put a curse? Have you not seen Drag Me to Hell? This is what my people can do to you. I will throw up maggots in your mouth. I'll make you vomit the kitten you murdered and buried in your backyard. I know your boyfriend's Justin Long. I don't give a shit. I hate him too. Yeah, he was a walrus. Fuck that guy. But yeah, I don't like if you say lightning bolt, target your Nissa, or bolt, target your Nissa, I prefer lightning bolt to bolt. I prefer Bolt to whatever the stupid fucking printed name on your secret layer shit is. I promise you, no one cares about it as much as you do. If people cared about it as much as you do, it would have been a full release and not a print-to-order thing. So only you and weirdos that have the same weird sexual obsession with Dragon Ball motherfucking Z. Kamehameha has Dragon Ball Z, right? Yeah, but uh, the lightning bolt is Street Fighter and it's Hadouken. So basically the same exact fucking thing. I don't know, that one fan of ours who just is like, no, screaming at like their center console. It's, it's Street Fighter, you fucking idiots. Well, first of all, you're wrong, except for the part where you said that we were idiots, which is absolutely and unequivocally correct. <laughs> Make sure you're announcing your targets and modes when you're putting something onto the stack. Especially targets. My my goodness. Like the amount of times where people just cast a removal spell and just say, hey, terminate. Okay. <laughs> you know what you want to terminate. I, I don't. don't. Know what you, I'm not going to help you. And it doesn't matter if it's, there's only one card on the table, on the table, on the battlefield. If it's just like, hey, there's a Dothy Voidwalker. I want to terminate it for whatever fucking reason you want to do that. But it's like, all right, terminate. Okay. So from from like a rule standpoint, if there is only one legal target and the spell has a target, you have to assume that that is the legal that that that, that you can assume that that's the target. Like yeah. I would prefer by I strongly would prefer you just say what you're doing yeah. and not make me make a mental leap as to make make a mental leap as to what you're doing. I mean, if I've got like two creatures in play and one of them has hexproof and somebody terminates, I'm just going to put the one that doesn't have hexproof into my graveyard. Because I mean, at that point, it's only good for me. Like my opponent thought they had a choice and they actually didn't. Who cares? <laughs> um, uh, your opponent probably isn't going to let you get away with putting just like a modal or targeting spell on the stack. And then let you make some choices. But you don't need to waste time 
make it forcing your opponent to make you play your cards correctly. If you're putting a modal spell on the stack, choose the fucking mode. Do it. We're going to do a whole episode on the anatomy of putting a spell onto the stack because people are fucking terrible at it. You, you'd think some people who've played this game so much wouldn't be, but again, you'd be surprised. Because what they're doing is they're tapping a red source and then pointing a lightning bolt at something. And that's the lightning bolt three killed the three the thing with the 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 three denominator go it's dead and that's all you really need to know to be able to play the game the the knowledge you need to be able to participate in magic is a lot lower than the knowledge you need to really really be playing magic mm -hmm. which is a lot lower than the knowledge you need to be good at magic yeah. um, modal spells are a nightmare to fucking resolve if you're being intentionally ambiguous yeah. or just dumb don't fucking do it don't oh my god i remember there was one situation where somebody like puts a colagon's command on the stack and said nothing and i was just like modes modes and he was just like does it resolve and i was just like i don't know i don't know does it choose you haven't done the things you need to do you have before you can pass priority to me you haven't cast you, it i like that i like that older templated card said successfully cast yes they need to bring that back to, they really to do. learn these people <laughs> yeah because like successfully cast doesn't mean that the spell resolves it means that you didn't fuck up in putting it on the stack you were mm -hmm. able to choose your modes choose your targets choose make all your choices that you needed to make pay your costs mm -hmm. all that stuff number three number three number three you are being forthright and accurate about public information underline public yeah yeah you can like. lie about cards that are in your hand i do it all the time yeah why not but when it's public, it's public, capital P, yeah. like everyone knows about it. Yeah. Cards in your graveyard are public information. If you're asked for the contents, you are obligated yeah. to answer accurately. Like, notice that I said accurately, not honestly. Yeah, accurately. Because you can be wrong. <laughs> and be and honest. be honestly yeah. mistaken. Mm -hmm. You could be like, no, there are no grave crawlers in my graveyard. And there's one hiding behind And then you realize lands. that there, there was one. Yeah. You've done something wrong, even if you didn't do it intentionally. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think the best way to be forthright and accurate about public information is just hand it to your opponent. And be polite about it, because yeah. I mean, why why hide it? It's it, Like we said, it's public information. And I, I another one I think is one of your pet peeves and one of one of mine is um your lands are visible. Don't stack them when you tap them. Ugh. Even if it's like five basic mountains, fan that shit out so I know what lands you tapped. I don't like, yeah, don't, don't stack, stack five your... of them on there. Like, oh, that's weirdo behavior. Yes. And none of the quarter arena BS. Yeah. Don't quarter turn. Tap your lands. Tap, tap your, them. Just like, just stop being a fucking weirdo. Mm -hmm. Full 90 degrees. Yeah. And th this one's really easy. Cards in your hand. The number, the number the of number, cards in your hand yes. is public information. The number of cards in your library is public information. Mm -hmm. The number of cards in your graveyard, the number of cards in face down exile, mm -hmm. um, all the cards in your face up exile. Mm -hmm. Like these are, this is all public information. You just can't, don't, don't try to mislead people about it either. It's like, shitty. It's, it's just really like shitty. Not worth it. A, A, it's shitty. B, we're going to pull out most ruthless person in the world. It's not even worth your time. The ambiguity it creates is likely to just cost you more time. Yeah. Than the percentage benefit is worth. Like, there's really no good situation where you want to obfuscate something mm -hmm. that should be public information. 
That's why it's not just being accurate. It's being forthright and accurate. That's why our point is be forthright and accurate mm-hmm. about public information. If somebody asks you something, have have the information for them immediately. Just yeah. be good to go. And if it sounds like what we're telling you right now is that you're going to be just talking nonstop during every game of Magic, then you are understanding what we're saying. To mm-hmm. you. Like the only time you should be quiet is while you're thinking. And I struggle with that. Yeah, I muttered to myself a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'll, it's just it's one of those things. Number four. This is a big one. You should not be moving cards around without telling your opponent what you're doing. If you are casting a card from your hand, you should be speaking. If a card's being moved to the graveyard, you should, should be, be speaking. speaking. If your creatures are attacking, you should be speaking. If you're drawing a card, you should be speaking. Always speaking. Think about it. Yeah, always. Think about it this way. You should never be silently moving a card from one zone into another without saying anything. You should never be silent while you're doing that. A card should never move move from your library zone to your hand zone or from your hand zone to the battlefield or, um, you know, anything else. Battlefield to graveyard, battlefield Mm -hmm. to exile. That should never be silent. Yeah. Don't be sneaky about taking game actions because that could be misconstrued as something. Yeah. Like. If you're moving, you're drawing, you're moving cards, even if you're shuffling stuff around, like moving your lands around, tell your opponent, hey, I'm just reorganizing these things. Hey, I'm just moving this creature over here. Yeah, Simple yeah, yeah. If, like I'm, if I'm like moving something from one part of the board to another part of the board, even if it's not changing zone, I'm just like, like I'll do it sometimes when I was playing, like when I'm playing like four color mm-hmm. Omnath, like the old Omnath list, pre-beans. Mm-hmm. Um, pre-beans. I'm like, if I have like a stack of fetch lands, I'm just going to be like, all right, just for the sake of clarity. I've got my mana producing lands mm-hmm. up here and I've got the fetch lands off to the side mm-hmm. here. These are uh, these are fetches that have not been cracked yet. Yep. It's a thing that would happen sometimes. Sometimes when you were just trying to set up to be able to like Omnath, hit them for four, pass their turn, hit them for four again yeah, with yeah. fetch lands. Um, but really, you should be telling your opponent what you're doing. I'm putting cards Christian name into the graveyard because it got... Uh, combat damage happens it has three damage on it's going to the graveyard Mm -hmm. it and this brings us right into the fifth point and that is when in doubt err on the side of clarity it's okay to be overly demonstrative and then scale it back Mm -hmm. it's much harder to kind of build yourself up yes being very clear usually in my experience saves more time than it costs by reducing the number of rewinds or clarifications that you need you listening right now you you are way less good at identifying when clarity is needed than you think you are. Got to be introspective. You're going to think that about half the time that you're, there's going to be times where you think that something's clear. You're going to be like, oh, obviously I'm bolting, I'm bolting this, not that. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously I'm tapping this delighted halfling for green, not colorless. Yeah. About half the times you're doing that, you're just wrong. Mm-hmm. And if every time you were wrong, everybody did what they were supposed to do. And every time you were wrong, that would be a judge call that would take you know, an extra two, three minutes. It's not worth it. And I, I will say, like, uh, I've talked about Jacob Beersley a lot, but I will say if you want to see what it's like to, to to see this at the highest level, he was very clear and precise in pretty much every single one of his top eight matches. And that's how you should play every game. Be very, very yeah. precise, even at the highest level, even if it's you're just playing with your friends at a kitchen table. Yeah. So just as a review, the big five pointers that we had are your opponent knows what step phase you're in and vice versa. Your opponent knows what cards you're playing and game actions you're taking. You're being forthright and accurate uh, about public information. 
you're not moving cards around without speaking, and you're erring on the side of clarity. And again, hold your opponent to these standards too. These yes. are not like some aspirational goals that you can get to eventually. Every one of these things are things you can implement in your games tomorrow. And these are not some exceptional things that you have to really work towards doing. These are things that you can choose to do. And these are standards that you should hold your opponents to. 100%. This is the bare minimum. Mm -hmm. The bar is low. <laughs> I mean, the bar uh, like this is the, the bar is low. People will fail to clear it. Mm -hmm. When people do something, you just say, oh, what's the target on that? You know, mm -hmm. and you don't have just, to be mean about it. You can you can, yeah. you know, keep hold into that standard. I mean, don't like Anthony will be mean, but you can be polite about it. You can be polite. You're just like, hold yourself to that standard and yeah. hold your opponents to that standard. If your opponent is just like moving cards around and you have no idea why you you need to ask, ask them. You'd be like, what's going on here? What's going on? What's happening? If you don't think a creature should be dying and it's be and their opponents moving it into their graveyard, you're just like, huh, my two, three swift spear just got blocked by their 2-3. Why are they putting it in the graveyard? Maybe their creature's not a 2-3. Maybe your creature's a 3-4 and you didn't realize it. Something, something, something. Mm -hmm. But you need to know why something's moving from one zone to another. Because if your 2-3 hits their 2-3 and you let them put that in the graveyard, there is a word for that in Magic the Gathering, and that's called cheating. Yeah. And we're assuming that everybody listening to this is going, is trying to engage with the game in good faith. You know? Mm -hmm. Things we're happen. Assuming, yeah. We're assuming that you are not intentionally ambiguous so that you can get away with things we where uh, our apologies to alex bertoncini if he's a listener but understand that ambiguity is not helpful to you or to your opponent which kind of moves us right into our yeah, second segment which is how to, how to tell when you're fucking this up it's easy to fuck it up i mean people do it constantly constantly and can be hard to tell if your opponent's being scummy in quotes or if you're just not communicating well enough yeah i hear it all the time players run into in quotes scummy opponents constantly the same players always have the worst luck with random opponents mm -hmm. at gps or at opens or at whatever nrgs nowadays and they're just like opponent was so scummy and it happens to the same person over and over and over and over again. I'm just like, huh. That's usually a sign if you feel like you run into people that are playing the game and acting in bad faith very often. There's a that's a good indicator that you're probably you probably personally have an issue with in-game communication you want to work on. Mm -hmm. Like poor sportsmanship, angle shooting, whatever you want to call it from an opponent, looks an awful lot like an opponent who's getting less information than they should. And they're making a guess based on their own assumptions, assumptions that they're making that are based on the actions that it would require for them to win the game of magic. Right. By the way, just like, yeah. <laughs> they're they're thinking of how the game needs to go for them to win. So when there's when it's an ambiguous thing that's happening, they assimilate the game action that the vague game action you're taking into their plan. And to you, that might look like they're trying to they're trying to. Uh, put their Dragon's Rage Channeler in the graveyard versus their attacking Ragavan in the graveyard, and you want it to hit the Ragavan, but you just say bolt, and they put the Dragon's Rage Channeler in the graveyard. Are they being scummy? Maybe, maybe, but but you can't tell because you didn't, you say, didn't say anything. Bolt the Ragavan. <laughs> yeah, with with, com with communications, you with being like very cl clear with your communications. There's going to be less fuck ups because there's no like ambiguity. There's no like, oh, I think this is what happened. I feel like this is what happened. I've I thought this was that. There's no really like 
oh, who the world may never know. It's like, no, you 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 have said something. I've said it. I was clear about it. This is what happens. And you can go from mm-hmm. there. There's no scummy allegations or angle shooting or there's no poor sports or anything like that if you now i'm not saying that 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 stuff doesn't happen even if you're clear but it happens a lot less when you when you're very clear and the big thing is because an opponent without enough information from you the the things that they're going to do are going to be the exact same things that a scummy opponent would do Mm -hmm. right yeah and it's so hard to differentiate the two and we talked about it before like are you just consistently playing too cautiously or are you actually behind? Because mm-hmm. your game actions look the same if you're playing way too cautiously or if you're playing from behind. Yes. How do we do that? Well, we separate things out. Mm-hmm. You know, let's look at an example where you have a delayed trigger from Mishra's Bobble that's waiting to go on the stack during your opponent's upkeep. You attack, cast the fable, you activate mm-hmm. it, right? It's waiting. You attack, you cast the fable of the mirror breaker, pass the turn while you're getting your goblin shaman token, and your opponent untaps and without speaking draws a card. Mm-hmm. Is your opponent being scummy? Maybe. Maybe. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. They might have just been taking their turn yeah. as normal. Now, imagine instead you cast your fable and then you say, uh, I'm going to pass the turn. I'm getting my goblin shaman into play. Please let me know when you are in your upkeep. Your opponent untaps and then silently draws a card for their draw step. Is your opponent being scummy? Yes. Yeah. It's not ambiguous anymore. Yeah. You have said your it. Opponent, you said the thing. Your opponent is definitely being scummy then. But the thing is, is that that first example, that first example with the Mistress Bobble, most of the time that I pe- hear people tell me about their scummy opponent, I'm, most of it's that. Because this isn't the 90s anymore. I'm not allowed to give blood. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. No, you're not. Oh, boy. That was a rough one. <laughs> it's not the 90s anymore. This game is not littered with cheaters. Yes. Like, this game is not littered with cheaters. I generally assume that most of my opponents are, like, operating in in good faith unless they give me a reason to believe otherwise. Yeah. So, like, I believe that if you... And maybe part of that outlook is related to the fact that on a scale... a sli- If there's a sliding scale of how communicative somebody is in a match of Magic the Gathering... I'm way on the annoyingly communicative end of that scale. Oh, yeah. Whereas people that tend to play very quietly and don't announce a lot of stuff tend to interpret that there's a lot more shady behavior. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a correlation there. But, you know, just like like you said, it's not the 90s anymore. And it's not it's still out there. But the best way to, like, stop it or just keep it from happening or just to not see it is honestly be annoying talk a lot yeah talk be be very demonstrative very, very... it's not the 90s anymore gwyneth paltrow <laughs> is no longer an actress she's now selling you 180 dollars vagina eggs um and imagine a time traveler just like i've come from the 90s what's happening what's gwyneth paltrow doing no you are I not gonna believe gwyneth it Paltrow. what else we got we got a we got a it's not the 90s anymore they finished the matrix and it was worse than you thought. Oh, oh, man. It's not the 90s anymore. We don't call it all the cute shit. It's just meth now. It's not the 90s anymore. Uh, Gwen Stefani married Blake Shelton. It's not the 90s anymore. Blake Shelton was born. <laughs> oh, my God. He's a he's he's a he's a he's a he's a post 90s baby, isn't he? I don't really know. No, I think he's much older. No. Oh, my God. No, I'm confusing Blake Shelton with Blake Lively. Oh, my God. But she's dead, right? No. Oh, you weren't supposed to know about that yet. I'm startled. You know what is 
great for getting people to remember things. So what? Su- surprising them. People that are surprised remember the things that you say. So Kyle. Yes. I'm going to invert your throat and turn it into a turntable and exclusively play Boy George albums on it. Want to play a guessing game? Yeah. But how can I play a guessing game if my throat is a turntable that plays Boy George? That will figure it out. Okay, fine. In the spirit of compromise, we'll include the Human League. All right. What is our guessing game tonight, Anthony? Here at the Goblin Trash Masters, we love competitive magic and we want to see it flourish. We know that there are tons of local game stores that want to run competitive events like RCQs, but might not have the resources or experience to be willing to try. Maybe they have tried, but they're a little nervous about getting back on that horse. We're excited to announce a new program all about Comp REL that we're calling the Comp REL Assistance Program, or CRAP for short. CRAP is there to help your small or medium LGS run Comp REL events like RCQs by providing them with support and materials necessary to run an outstanding event. Competitive integrity is our top priority, and we can help your store to break into the market of listeners like you. CRAP support involves either assisted hosting or remote consultation with our hosts who have a combined 23 years of tournament organizing experience. All participating stores receive a kit that contains everything they need to run a great and accurate event with things like an in-store event poster, table tents, deck registration sheets, and plenty of stickers and tokens to give out. Best of all, this assistance program is completely free of charge for your LGS and always will be. We offer assistance in the form of remote event planning via consultation or in-person hosting for stores within range of the Lexington, Kentucky area. Our goal is to do our part to support competitive magic, not to try to make a profit off of your LGS. If you think that your LGS might be interested, have them reach out to us via our website. The instructions are available at www.thegoblintrashmasters.com slash crap. That's www.thegoblintrashmasters.com thegoblintrashmasters.com slash crap. Spelled C-R-A-P. Like how a child would say shit. Wait, that's been that that's been like that the whole fucking time? None of you fucking told me. We can't actually have this as the name. You know that, right? Everything's printed, bud. It's too late to change it. No, 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 no. We should call it something less awful. Like uh the competitive Unified nerd training. Yeah, competitive unified nerd training. Yeah, that's way better. Jesus fucking Christ, you're both stupid. All right, what is our guessing game tonight, Anthony? The worst card that is modern legal that you can resolve without saying anything. These should be cards that require you to say something to resolve them. You cannot just put them on the stack and let your opponent figure out what's going on. I've got a good pick. Oh, I've I've got what one about on you want to spin the 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 two. Oh the no, two-wheeler. there's just two of us now, so we get to figure out. You get to say even or odd. Odd. Fuck. The collector's number on Elish Norn, Mother of Machine, is two seven one. That is odd. Machine mommy for the win. Yeah. All right. Uh my cryptic hint is whenever I cast this spell or I see someone else cast this spell, I fan myself off and go, whoo! It was mentioned. That might give it away, but... Does it have modes? It does. Can you pick more than one mode? Yes. Is it Colagon's oh, command? God fucking right, it's K command. Oh, yeah. I love that card so much, but like we said in the episode, somebody casts uh, K command, Colagon's command, and just stares at you, and you're just like, 
modes. It's like, well, does it resolve? I'm like, modes? So it can resolve? Like, do something. Stop staring at me. Why are you a deer in headlights? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why are you all in my living room? Yes, absolutely. Um, so, fun fact. Uh, your card and my card were the same I card. I fucking knew it. I knew it. And I've got a backup pick just in Crypto case. command. backup. No. All right. My cryptic hint <laughs> okay. is he was there for the longest, but eventually Billy went to college. He was he was here for the longest, but eventually Billy went to college. And Alfalfa was sad. No. Was sad? Wow. Uh is it a creature? It is. Okay. Um does it have an ETB? It does. Okay. Does it have alternate casting cost? It does. Was it from MH2? It is. Uh, is it in Scam? No. Well, not Racto Scam. Okay, there we go. Um, is it in four-color control? Sometimes. Sometimes. Is it your favorite Power Ranger? It is. Uh, yeah, Subtlety. I, I 100% agree with you. Now, I, before you say anything, I will shout out, if you want to see in real time why Anthony picked this card, and shout out to Nikachu, who we've had on this podcast. He has a video exactly why. It, it, it's a nightmare. To cast subtlety. Definitely check it out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You need to be communicating with your opponent. What's going on? What you're targeting? Mm-hmm. If you're targeting nothing, because there's a lot of times where you will cast the subtlety with a creature on the stack and not target it. Yeah. Or maybe you will uh, be able to target something else. But my personal favorite thing about the subtlety ETB trigger is uh, when you resolve a living end while cascading mm-hmm. off of a shardless agent. Mm-hmm. And the subtlety ETB trigger targets your own shardless agent, yep. so you can put a shardless agent on top in case they wipe your board. That way, you, you have do another again. living <laughs> rolled up, ready to go. Oh, I love it! Um, and I think, yeah, I, I think that's what I mean. He was my favorite Power Ranger. The blue Power Ranger was the last one of the original cast to leave. That was good. That was good. You always kill it with the cryptic hints. Love it. Love it. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like and subscribe. It helps us out a ton and makes it easier for other players like you to hear what we have to say. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Stitcher, Spotify, Peanut.fm, and iHeartRadio. One of those was not real, but we'll never tell. It was Peanut, wasn't it? Oh, shut the fuck up.